everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Glayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> I'm very excited. This is, a, this is very exciting. So this is the first book of kicking off our month of Wallflowers, Secrets of a Summer Night, book one. Um, so you had a unique reading experience for this book. I did. So Erin was wonderful enough to purchase... The whole series for me in paperback, mass market paperback, my favorite kind of paperback, fits in your pocket. And I've been brazenly reading these in public, Mm -hmm. creating a scandal, if you will. Yeah. Because I really don't think people are used to guys reading romance. So has anyone said anything to you? I've gotten several double takes, like literal double takes. Also... Like when you're reading on the train? When I'm reading on the train, the other night, I was uh, halfway through, well, I was finishing up the first book and was really engrossed in it. And I had it up over my face like a cartoonish person <laughs> reading a book. And I was just really into it. And then when my stop came, I you know closed the book, was putting it in my bag. And I did see a girl like looking at me and kind of smirking. And I don't know if it was like a... That's an interesting smirk or a derisive smirk, but I don't know, and I don't care. Maybe she's a listener, and she's like, I wonder if that's Clayton. <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> uh, they were going to do Wallflowers this month. That's awesome. And th- this week we read Secrets of a Summer Night, like I mentioned. Seeing Annabelle's confusion, Jeremy murmured in her ear, while the tall stranger motioned his friends to enter the rotunda without him. Mr. Hunt, the butcher's son, Jeremy whispered. I've met him a time or two at the shop, when Mama sent me to fetch an order. Be nice to him. He's a capital fellow. Bemused, Annabel couldn't help thinking that Mr. Hunt was unusually well-dressed for a butcher's son. He wore a smart black coat, and the new style of more loosely tailored trousers that somehow didn't disguise the lean, powerful lines of the body beneath. Like most of the other men entering the theatre, he had already removed his hat uncovering a head of dark, slightly wavy hair. He was a tall, big-boned man who looked to be about thirty, with strong features, a long blade of a nose, a wide mouth, and eyes so black that one couldn't distinguish the irises from the pupils. His was an utterly masculine face, with a sardonic humour lurking about the eyes and mouth that owed nothing to frivolity. It was clear to even an undiscerning viewer that this man was rarely idle, his body and his nature patterned by hard work and keen ambition. "'My sister, Miss Annabel Payton,' Jeremy said. "'This is Mr. Simon Hunt.' "'A pleasure,' Hunt murmured with a bow. Even though his manner was perfectly polite, there was a glint in his eyes that imparted a strange flutter just beneath Annabel's ribs. Without knowing why, she shrank back into the shelter of her young brother's arm, even as she nodded to him. To her discomfort... She couldn't seem to tear her gaze from his. Do you want to judge a cover? Well, the cover that I had, because Aaron bought me <laughs> the paperbacks, was they're all, all of the four books, because I have the four books, they have all the different, each member of the Wallflowers um, on the cover, And they have similar, uh, they're lying down and their gowns are flowing. And um, the first one 
has Annabelle on the cover and she's blonde and it's like a lighter kind of uh, cover because it's a summer's night. So it's a summery light uh, look and it's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) The other cover that you have on here is just text and it looks like it's probably like the original cover maybe. Yeah, it's a landscape of like a gazebo and then it's just big text. I mean, I love the ones with the women on each of the covers. I think they're gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful I, I, covers. They're very beautiful and luxurious. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I, I love the covers that I have, definitely. Yeah. So you like the cover as well, right? Yeah, I like the new edition covers. I mean, there's a ton because also this is Lisa Claypass, and so they are in like every language and all over the world and everything. Um, but these are like out- the two I've seen. This came out in 2004. Yeah. So there's probably been a few editions. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened in the book? So this is the first book in the series. So we're introduced to all of our main characters. I'm going to say something real fast. Okay. The Wallflowers are my Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> like literally I, when I was reading this, I, I felt like, Oh, I get it now. I get why people love the Avengers so much because you'll get these characters crossing over and you'll, you'll be like, oh, we're meeting um, this guy in the first one, but then he's going to come back in the second. Uh, now I understand it because mm-hmm. I'm so excited to continue the series and know who's going to end up with who. And well, we can't get to it yet, but <laughs> I'm so chomping at the bit. I just want to talk about the whole thing. Yeah. But we can't do it. So this book is about Annabelle Payton, who is an unmarried woman who is looking to find a husband. She's gone through several years of, I guess, is it courting or... It's called The Season. The Season. So she's done it for four years, and this is her last chance to kind of bag a husband. Her father has died, so she can't pay a dowry, which is a huge deal for a lot of people who would want to marry a a rich girl because that's part of it. And the mom is uh, unfortunately having to stay afloat and keep them going by fornicating with a real son of a bitch named (laughs) Lord – what is his name? Hajim. Hajim. I was going to call him Hogham. We might as well call him that. But Hajim, who is – so scuzzy, yeah. Uh, he makes me sick. But he's kind of giving them money on the sly while having sex with the mom, which was really sad and dispiriting. So this is a desperate kind of situation. Annabelle really needs to find a husband to get them out of this 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 sitch. She is at the beginning of this book. It's a prologue, and she's waiting to go see a show with her little brother Jeremy, who is real young, and they're waiting to see uh, a show, but they can't afford to get in. Because the ticket prices changed. Because it's like a more, uh, I guess it's a more elaborate show, mm-hmm. so they're more expensive, and she's waiting outside, and they're waiting outside, and they're like, well, I don't want to go if you can't go, because they could afford one ticket, but they can't afford two. And then Simon Hunt shows up. <laughs> And offers to pay for the tickets. Now, the thing with Simon Hunt is that he's not uh, part of the peerage. He is a businessman. He's Mm -hmm. the son of a butcher who uh, uh, made his own fortune. Annabelle 
says, well, I don't want to be indebted to him because he's not of the same stock as us. And mm-hmm. also, we don't want to make it look like we don't have any money. Although yeah. she's basically wearing rags. She's wearing dresses, but they're they're all tattered and they're not looking too good. Jeremy really wants to see the show. So Simon does pay for it. She reluctantly says, well, I'll pay you back, blah, blah, blah. They go inside. And while Jeremy's just obsessing with the show, Simon ends up kissing Annabelle. And she likes it, but is also, what's going on? What's going on? I think it's like her first kiss. or No, she said she'd been kissed before. Real kiss. Yeah. I mean. It's Simon. You haven't been kissed until (laughs) Simon Hunt kisses you. Let me tell you. So the beginning of this book, I was all about Simon. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. You cut to later, and then this is when she's, this is uh, a couple years later, she's trying to find a husband. She's sitting at a table with the rest of the Wallflowers, who are girls who have not been chosen to get married. We have Lillian, who is the second oldest behind Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And then this we is have- Annabelle's last season because you can't have more than four, and this is her fourth. And this is her fourth, and, and she's kind of towards the end, so she's getting real desperate. She's twenty five, yeah, and started out at twenty one, and it's she's if you don't find a man this year, or she doesn't find a man this year, she's an old maid, mm-hmm. and she's gorgeous. So all these men are like. I'll be my, you can be my mistress. I'll give you tons of money. Like, let's just do that way. And she doesn't want that because that's like a very precarious life. And she doesn't, this is uh, important. Like she doesn't want love. She's Mm -hmm. looking for money. The security that a marriage that you don't get from being someone's mistress. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got Lillian and Daisy who Mm -hmm. are American girls that have come over from New York city, baby. (laughs) Manhattanville. They used to live in Manhattanville. Uh-huh. And they came over and they're looking for uh, English husbands, which is great. Yeah. I lo- love them both. And then we have Evangeline, who Evie, I guess they call her, who is really shy, stutters, has a horrible Aunt Florence, who just is one of the worst people ever. Browbeats her, locks her in, locks her away. And it's it's treated so nonchalantly that she just gets locked away like one of those kids that they like parents would put down in the basement and only get like slide them lettuce underneath the the what door kids are you, what kids google it. it's it happened all the time back in the day like really religious parents would stick their kids in in basements so that uh-huh. they couldn't they couldn't be exposed to the ills of society and they'd like slide flat like only flat foods under the door <laughs> This isn't real. Like like, like pancakes. Stop I'm it. telling this is this is not a joke. This has to be a joke. That's, I can't believe you're laughing at these poor people that are in basement. No, I mean that's child abuse. That's insane. But I just but you're acting like you know how like back in the day, like you know how back in the day there weren't seatbelts for kids and, and but you're like they were kept in a basement and only ate flat foods. That's not real. They still I mean it probably still happens. But I remember when I was a kid that was something that happened a lot. I think that was something your mother threatened you with. No, my that wasn't real. That is not true. My mom was not a Florence. You take that back. I know she's not a Florence, but you know you're like, I'm gonna send you back. Send me back? No, she wouldn't do that. My mother used to tell me that I was a changeling. You were a changeling? Yeah, when I was bad, she would be like, 
you're not my daughter. You're a changeling. I want my daughter back. And then so I would have to like wait and I'd be like, I am your daughter. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So flat foods. Flat foods. Evie's locked away. Stutters, which is very uh, endearing. She's really sweet. Really sweet, really shy. They're all beautiful. Yeah. All these girls are gorgeous. They're all unique and interesting in their own ways. So they had never really talked to each other. They'd been sitting at this table for a couple seasons. They just didn't decide to talk. And then all of a sudden they start talking to each other and realize, well, we're all in the same boat. But since Annabelle only has that one season left, let's try to focus all our energies on getting, find, having her find a husband. So the wallflowers are born. These wonderful, brilliant, scheming <laughs> women that are uh, just, I couldn't wait to figure out what they were going to do next and see what they did next. Especially, like, I did like Annabelle, but I think, like, when I first started reading this, I really liked Lillian. She's, I think she's your number one. Lillian's right right now. Lillian, Daisy, and Annabelle, and then Evie. Only because I don't I don't know much about Evie. Yeah, she's always locked away eating flat food. The th- so so anyway, Annabelle starts going after Lord Kendall. Yeah, because Lillian, like, gives her clothes. Her mom's like, were you fucking anybody for these clothes? And she's like, no, it's just a Lillian. And then the scene where they have all the letters going back and forth, because also Lillian is obsessed with baseball. Uh-huh. Or what do they call it? Rounders. Rounders. And so she's like, I'm giving you all these clothes, but now you have to play rounders in your underwear, in your knickers. And Annabelle's like, yeah, sure, I guess. Fine. And then they sort of finagle this invite to Marcus Lord Westcliff's house party that he has every year and house parties were like weeks long so it wasn't just like a night like they were basically like hanging out for a month basically yeah, it did feel, yeah they're staying there for like a month right yeah um and then they go and annabelle's like oh i already made a fool of myself in front of westcliff he hates me because simon at all of these dances that she's been going to for these years always asks her to dance because simon he's not a member of the peerage but he's best friends with westcliff so he can show up at some of these parties and annabelle always says no she doesn't want him she wants a member of the peerage kind of just because she's a little bit stuck up and that's the thing is she's a brat yeah and you texted we were texting a little bit about the the um the books and you were like i love a brat yeah. Do you love a brat? I am a brat, so I love a brat. Brat recognizes brat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love you. Uh-huh. Not a big fan of brats in these <laughs> books. She was a little too bratty for me. But I think the thing with her, too, it's like she had a certain idea of the way that life should go. And I think she had a certain idea of, like, this is what will save me is marrying a member of the peerage. And she was so focused on that that she wasn't even thinking, like, oh, or I can marry this nice guy, too. But Simon was also very plain about, like, how he never, ever wanted to get married. And he only wanted her as a mistress. So he was saying, like, you could be my mistress. And she was like, no, I don't want to steep to that level. Or at the very least, she'd be a mistress of somebody with uh, who's in the peerage. Right. So it's not great, but it's a step up from the the you know mistress of a butcher's son. Right. I did like her. I, I, I mean, I like all of them, but her and Simon's relationship is definitely uh, I hate you, I love you. Yeah. And it's one of the first I hate you, I love yous that I actually really engaged with and understood. Well, he didn't hate her. She hated him. Well, uh, yeah. It's like a one-sided. It's a one-sided I hate you, I love you. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, uh, I do understand where she came from, and that is what kind of colored her view of him. Because we got to remember, being a self-made man back in that time was looked down upon. In our society, or at least in America, you hear all this rhetoric about bootstrap America, make your own make your own future, make your own living. You can go from rags to riches, which is a fallacy most of the time because yeah. we hear about those people who actually do it because they're so rare. And now everybody says, if you're not doing that, then you're less than. It's not the way it really is. But in this society, he's such an outsider that I just rooted for him because he was a self-made man, but also he was rugged and he was really a, a, a nice guy. He was an alpha, but not an alpha hole, which I really enjoyed. Because sometimes I like an alpha hole uh, to an extent as long as they turn into an alpha. I think he was an alpha the whole way. What do you think? You think he was a hole? I don't think he was an alpha hole, but I don't know if he was an alpha necessarily. Why not? I don't know. Because he was very, I mean, he was in command of uh, everything the whole time. Yeah, then I guess maybe he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard because Westcliff was the guy who owned the uh, uh, the manor and the state. So mm-hmm. he uh, he more was ruling that roost, mm-hmm. and Simon was in his playground. So I could see that muddying the alpha waters. Westcliff is definitely an alpha. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. More so than Simon in your view. Yeah, I think so. So they arrive at the house party, and they set their sights on Lord, Ken- uh, Lord Kendall. Who, who is a wuss. <laughs> who likes is, – is Kendall a guy that people like? Like he doesn't have his own book and people don't really talk about him. Good. <laughs> he seems sweet though. Like he just seems like kind of a doofy guy who just loves plants. Plant picking, flower sniffing, wimp. <laughs> I mean compared to Simon. Listen, I mean I don't, it's uh, hard to, yeah, put them next to each other and then why you would ever not immediately – go after simon is hard for anyone to believe Mm -hmm. but so they decide that they're going to trap lord kendall they're going to make it seem like uh him and annabelle were caught in some canoodling and they have a whole plan set up for this but it does not go the way that they intend it Mm -hmm. because simon's just always around (laughs) i love that where they everywhere annabelle looked was simon she couldn't get away from him. Even when he left, he was still playing their chess game, yeah. which I loved. That chess game was um, – because, okay, so she goes on a walk with uh, Lord Kendall, and she thinks it's just going to be the two of them in the morning. But then it ends up being, like, everybody, all these women who are also trying to catch him and Simon, and they go for a walk, and she ends up getting bit by a snake. Uh-huh. Because she's in slippers. She's not in <laughs> – she's in slippers. <laughs> she doesn't have boots. She doesn't have boots. So she steps on uh, a snake and gets bit but doesn't realize it. She mm-hmm. thinks she just kind of like twisted her ankle or or she had some like – she thought she maybe had like a thorn or something like that. But she ends up getting really – starting to feel really sick and ill and she throws up. And, of course, Simon sees that mm-hmm. everywhere she goes. He's there. So uh, – She's getting really sick, and she thinks it's something she ate or some of the tea that she had, and it turned out that it wasn't that. It was she got bit, and she needed to have – she needed her ankle to be taken care of. So Simon takes her up to a room and is 
you know, pulls off her stockings and does all this stuff, which is so what you're not supposed to do. And he's doing that. He has to, she can't breathe really well. So he starts uh, taking off her corset. corset and, uh, her friends are there. I think Daisy and Daisy Lillian, was the only one there. I but think. Daisy was like, you can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, get away from me. I'm doing it. So he like, <laughs> rips it off. And then he's he takes care of her and makes sure that, you know, her 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 foot is okay. Now, question. Do you think Simon has a foot fetish? Why? Because, I mean, he was handling her foot in that situation. But also, that when they first started like having sex, he started at her feet and was like kissing up her ankles and all that stuff. He seemed like a foot guy. Oh, maybe. He, he also had shoes made for her. Which is sweet. Which is very sweet. He had these cool leather shoes made for her, which he wouldn't admit to, to making until later. And their boots so she could go on walks, even though she doesn't really like to go on walks. But it was, uh, I think he has a foot thing, maybe. I don't know. But I think back then, too, you never saw women's feet. So, so there were more people who were, like, obsessed with ankles and, like, boobs even because, like, you would always see people's boobs, but you never saw anyone's ankles. Because guys are not obsessed with boobs. No, I know what you mean, but it's, like, even more so. Cause right, because uh, that's the part of the body, like, you were not allowed to see. Yeah. Well, to backtrack is... They get caught rounders, rounders and knickers. In knickers. In their underwear because they have these big dresses that they can't run around in. So uh-huh. they think that they find this secluded field... <laughs> and of course they don't. Yep. And they just hang out. It, like all of the scenes where it was just the four of them like hang out and talking were my like and I love Simon. I think Simon's one of my favorite I don't know. Maybe at the end of these when we do Scandal in Spring we'll do a ranking. We should, yes. Yeah. No, I love Simon, but whatever is just them together. So they play this game of rounders of basically baseball with four people, which is like difficult to do. I kept thinking, I was like, wait. So Evie's on base? Like, what, <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> you have a pitcher and catcher and someone's on base. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, Simon and Marcus come up. And this was great because it was such a great little first nod towards what was going to be in the second book, which is Marcus and Lillian's book. Because Marcus keeps being like, I can't believe I'm doing business with, with their father. And I can't believe I just saw his daughter in underpants. And Simon's like, we saw both of his daughters in her pants. He's, he's saying just just his daughter. And so Simon was like, oh, so you just noticed the one. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Simon is basically like rock hard for the rest of the afternoon oh, after yeah. she he saw Annabelle in nudie, basically, for the times. The best is that the three other women run to start, like, putting their clothes on or putting on their dresses. And Annabelle sort of gets caught. And she's like, well, it'd be so awkward for me to run away now. Like, it seems like not a big deal. So she just stands there and has a conversation with them in her undergarments, which is so fantastic. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, you're right. They, the, the fact that they could define all of their personality, her, so Lisa defines the character's personalities so well that you feel like you know them Mm -hmm. in such a short time. And uh, that's very hard to do it's even hard to do for your heroine and your hero in a lot of these books. But when she's able to make all these ancillary characters really defined, because even Marcus, who I'll say I didn't really like in this book because he seemed like a stuffed shirt, like a pompous, uh, like stick up his ass. (laughs) And I, but I liked the f- the way that Lillian gave him shit. Mm-hmm. So I 
felt like because I didn't read ahead. I didn't. I didn't. When I was reading each book, I didn't. I didn't look to see the next book was. So when I found out that it was Marcus and Lillian in the next book, I said, "Okay, I see it," <laughs> but. I'm not sure how if I'm going to like him with her cuz I really like Lillian. Yeah. She's my girl. So he better step it up if he's going to win her heart, especially cuz she's so tough. She's New York. <laughs> and her dad owns this big soap company, which is really cool, and yeah. she knows all about soaps and stuff, which they don't really get into in this book too much. No. Well, it's not her book. Yeah. Uh, no, but it is amazing how even like Lord Kendall, who is a pretty small part, but you get him as like a full character. Like he just loves plants. He doesn't really understand all this attention he's getting. Mm-hmm. Really. He just is trying to be nice to everybody. Like he's a very sweet guy. Sweet. Yeah. Ain't shit. Sweet ain't shit. What do you got? Hunt. Um, during her sort of convalescence, uh, Simon, of course, comes upon her. She's in like a secret, like a a family parlor that like people aren't supposed to have access to, but Simon does. And he teaches her how to play chess. And when did they kiss for the first? Well, they kiss for the first time at the panorama, but when mm-hmm. was the next time they kissed? Don't they, they hide? Oh yeah. That was a great scene. That I think is a trope I love is I guess it's. So what is uh, let's name this trope because I it's it's not like um uh forced uh proximity, proximity really. It's hiding behind a curtain because it happened specifically behind a curtain. It happened in Do You Want to Start a Scandal? Yes, w- that was a great hide behind a curtain. So hide behind a curtain is one of my favorite tropes. Yeah, it was amazing. So they're I don't know, I forget when in the book this happens, but basically they're walking and then they're almost people are coming so they duck into a room and it ends up being the room where all the instruments are. So they, all of the musicians come in to start gathering the instruments. So they run and they hide behind a curtain and end up like making out. Cause they're so close. <laughs> I, I love that. That's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah. It was amazing. They just kept, be, got overcome. Cause Annabelle is falling in love with Simon as much as she doesn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. That's when then when it's over, she gets up and she's basically, this is never going to happen again. That was a one-time thing. And she's like very serious and she leaves and Simon is sort of like believes her. And it's like, it's better for her if she ends up with Lord Kendall. Like it is better for her if she's married. He still doesn't want to offer her marriage. And so he leaves. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad. And then she keeps playing the game where she, then the chess game that they've left, she keeps moving pieces and is like kind of really bummed that he's gone for a few weeks well, or a week, maybe. Yeah, he's gone. So he makes a move before he leaves that she doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And then she makes a move and she goes back to the chessboard later and sees that a move has been made. And she was like, I thought he was gone. But it turns out he was there and was communicating with her through uh, the chess game. And she gets overwhelmed by it and packs it away i was devastated by this because that was such a sweet thing i don't know what this trope is Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but long distance chess playing it's another trope that i love Mm -hmm. and when she packs it away i felt so bad for simon because it's one of those things where if you have a flirtation with somebody and you're doing these 
cute little things and then that person just shoves it all aside, you feel so heartbroken that this was our little thing that you just are now saying, I don't want any part of it. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. So then, of course, Lillian leads the charge to to entrap Lord Kendall because she just also like doesn't care. She's like, yeah, this is how we're doing it. And so Annabelle goes and they get along well. Like they're friendly. Like he does see like they're nice to each other. She's trying her best to be interested in plants and goes to where they she's going to be entrapped. He's going to be entrapped because she was basically going to get him to kiss her. And then Lillian has this group of people that are going to come upon them and then be like, oh, she's compromised. Now you have to marry her. Mm-hmm. And Annabelle just feels so bad about it. When it comes time to it, she can't do it. So she like runs off. I love that that happened. Yeah. Because when she was still going to go along with the plan to entrap him, I was so upset. I said, do not do this. You love Simon. Simon loves you. God damn it. Just see it. He's a butcher's son. It doesn't matter. So what happens is she runs away. She's like, I can't do it. He's confused. She runs into Simon and then they get caught and compromised and uh westcliff is there lillian's there i think daisy's there too and the mom the mom's there everybody sees it and westcliff's like okay we're gonna all pretend this didn't happen Mm -hmm. you can go keep doing what you're doing It, it didn't happen and simon says no it happened i compromised her she's mine now so i mean the best line too is He's like, all right, well, let's go. And he starts pulling her away. And she's like, where are you going? She's like, well, these people won't agree that I've compromised you. We're going to go start making out in front of other people until it finally sticks. He's going to compromise her in every room in, <laughs> in the house uh, where people are. That was great. I love that. Yeah. So then they get married. They get married. And it's a very quick service. The marriage doesn't really. Uh, it's like a two seconds and it's over. Yeah. And it's interesting because they get married and it's like 70% into the book. Like there's a significant amount left and you're sort of like, why, why we, why are we still here? But it is sort of that because Annabelle is married to Simon and I think she loves him, but doesn't sort of admit it. And she's sort of really focusing on all the things that she's given up by marrying Simon. Meanwhile, Simon is putting his, her um, brother through school, paying off all their debts, getting a new house for their mom. Is basically like, where do you want to live? We'll buy you a house. We'll build a house. Like, doing everything. Because he's, like, besotted with her. And she's sort of like, well, we're not invited to all the parties I would like to be invited to. And it is that thing of, like, um, when you get a little bit of luxury, like, Pat and I went to Berlin and basically because my father had so many Marriott points, we stayed in the Ritz. So we showed up to the Ritz and we're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I can't believe this. Day two, we're like, so they're not going to take the private straight right? So <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, what is this fucking place? It calls itself a five-star <laughs> hotel. We were bitching about the littlest things. And then I just started laughing because I'm like, how quickly we became accustomed to a certain level mm-hmm. that we won't have again. Why is, a si- why is Simon not talked about more? I don't know. Because especially of these four, Simon is like the sexiest. And Simon is like kind of also like the most Derek Craven too. Like he was a big, beefy guy, dark hair, dark eyes. Just to, just to be clear, Simon is no Derek. No. Right? I mean. No one is. 
still the goat, Derek Craven, right? I'm I'm trying to look at the four in these books as separate from Derek. And if somebody is going to challenge the champ, then I, I'll say something about it. But Simon, I love, 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 love. But he's not Derek. And one of the reasons is uh, that he probably won't reach Derek is because Derek was my first. Yeah. And you always remember your first. He's the f- he was the first hero that made me go nuts. And Simon, I think if I would have read him first, he might have had a shot. No. Derek is too good. Well, he might have had a shot to be my first. So then oh. when I met Derek, I would be torn more than I am now. Yeah. No, Simon is fantastic. I don't know why he's not talked about more. Because mostly it's Westcliff and St. Vincent that are talked about. All right, we can't... Because that has to be next week. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. But what I need what I need from... What I need from our listeners... <laughs> now, everybody wants me to engage more. We got to talk about why you don't like Simon. Why yeah. are we not talking about Simon? Are there any hunt girls out there? They got to be hunt girls. Yeah. I think there has to be. I'm a hunt. I'm a hunt guy. I mean, you're a Craven King. I'm a Craven King, and sub <laughs> subsection hunt guy. <laughs> so, Aaron, the big question: Would you fuck them? I think yes, Simon. He's so sexy. Hell yes, Simon. I mean, come on. Yeah. Just a self-made, muscular giant. Dark haired. Like, I also remembered him as being blonde for some reason. I don't know why, but he's not. Nope. Um, Super sexy. All about Simon, for sure. Annabelle, no. But Brat recognized Brat. I Brat recognized Brat like I would be friends with Annabelle, but I don't know if I'm, like, attracted to her. Do you think it's too much the same? Like, yeah. you feel like Brats are good as friends, but not as lovers? Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm saving myself for Lillian. <laughs> You already know. I already know. <laughs> I already know. And Simon? A, a thousand percent Simon. You would. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we do a Goodreads list? Oh, yeah. There are so many lists. Of course there There's are. There's like eight pages of lists. So we're I We're going to do them all. Yeah, everyone, tuck in. <laughs> no, we're. I just picked ones that I thought were good. But still, it's like that many. It's a lot. It's great. Um, so one, I've loved you for years. Mm-hmm. Best romances with spinsters, wallflowers, or old maids? Yes. Best rogue rake romance? Is he a rogue or a rake? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it's not like he had had sex before, and I think they he talked about having like girlfriends or paramours or whatever, but it seemed like pretty discreet. It wasn't like he was known. Like even Marcus, I think they were like, oh, he definitely fucks more than Simon. Simon not a rogue, not a rake. Mm-mm. Take him off the list. Bad boys meet the virgins. Not a bad boy. Not a bad boy. Compromise historical romance. Yes. Fresh scent of pining hero. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It's back, baby. And better than ever, he pines. Yeah, for years. He, it was just Annabelle for him. Um, humorous romance books. Yes. Funny. This yeah. was very funny. Um, love in the merchant class or working class? Yeah, because Simon's working class. Yeah. Witty historical romance books. Of course. Romance with house parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> historical romance, he chases after her. Yes. 
disinterested heroine. Hero is obsessed. Yeah. I Well, yes. I would say for part of it, she's disinterested. It, it does take her a while to warm up to the reality that she loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so, does. So I would say disinterested, maybe not. Maybe, what's a good word for it? Um, hesitant. Yeah. Well, she's also saying no to him a lot whenever he asks her to dance or anything. I'll allow it. Uh-huh. Plain Jane and hot stud romance novels. Not a plain Jane. No. Not the prettiest? No, she is she the prettiest is. of all of them, they say. Of all the wallflowers? Yeah. yeah, they say that a bunch. Like, she's definitely hot. Yeah. But poor and desperate. So not a plain Jane. Take it off the list. Oh, my God, you almost died. Straight edition. <laughs> Wait, God, you almost died. I agree with what edition? Straight edition. Straight edition. I think oh, like straight couples. Straight couples. couples. Yes. You're gonna love this one. Fictional males that make you squirm in a good way. Yes. <laughs> Were you I was D T S, and it <laughs> happened. Burning flame. Historical hero or heroine changed by a fire such as scarred, burned, suffered, loss, or more. Hmm. Your favorite couples in historical romance. You loved Simon and you're okay with Annabella, it seems. Again, this is this is a um um it's so hard because I Annabelle was a bit of a brat for me. Mm-hmm. I do think though that down the line they're gonna be a great couple. And so I will give I will say yes on that list because I do think if we pick up with them a couple years from now, they're going to be a real solid, awesome couple. Annabelle is going to be totally smitten, totally in love, and not hesitant at all. So I will allow it on the list. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved Annabelle more than you did, I think. And I also think once she sort of gets over her own shit, like, they will be a very strong couple. And don't get me wrong. She's great. I loved all the wallflowers. They're my yeah. Avengers. Yeah. So she might just be Hulk. Wallflowers Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the last book in the series. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. It's a Wallflower Christmas. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. So uh, there's a prequel called Again the Magic. That's a novella mm-hmm. we didn't read. And it's about Marcus's sister, Aileen. Oh, we hear about her a little bit. Yep. And then there is a Wallflower Christmas, which I read, but I don't remember. I think it's one of... Daisy and Lillian's brothers comes over and they set him up with a wallflower. Is that possibly something we could read next Christmas? (laughs) If I'm good. (laughs) If you're good, you might get a wallflower Christmas. Otherwise, we're going to (laughs) read another reindeer shifter book. If I'm bad. If you're bad, it's another reindeer shifter. And then there's also the next series is called The Hathaways. Which all t- they're basically the neighbors of Lillian and Marcus at Stony Cross Park. So Lillian and Marcus show up a lot. So and that's like when they spun off the Ropers from Three's Company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, that's just why it is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe because these people continue to exist because then the Ravenels, which is the series she's working on now, the Devil's Daughter is Sebastian St. Vincent's daughter. And then the other book, A Devil in Spring, is his son. 
I think we'll get to them at some point. I mean, is it every three months we just do another Clay Pass series? I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. <laughs> is this the Clay Pass class? <laughs> Cast? Yeah, it could be. It's maybe going to turn cast. into... <laughs> yeah. Um, a big smile after reading. Of course, yes. Historical romance with strong female friendships. A hundred percent. You must have been in heaven. I loved it. I love it. That's why I love this series. Because there are a lot of romance series that I really enjoy. For some reason, a lot of them also focus on a family or a group of male friends. There's not many that are a group of female friends. Unless I'm wrong. But... You know our fans. I'm never wrong. Well, they'll send us. They'll say. They'll let us know in a very kind know. way. Yeah, and they're, they'll be like, "Here's a here's books with a bunch of close female friends." Yeah, I mean they exist, but that's why particularly why this one is so special to me because, yeah, it's female friendships and especially it's. I don't know because a lot of the writing that I do and the stories that I find most interesting are about sort of women finding a way. And I feel like this is what it is, where it's supposed to be these four unmarried women. They should be fighting with each other over guys, and they don't for one second. At the beginning, they establish, oh, we're all into different kind of people, which is great. And then they just, like, love and support each other. They just decide we're going to love and support each other, and then they follow through for the rest of their lives. And what more than you want? Everyone wants friendship like that. Even more, you know, people spend a lot of time talking about love, but it's like, I think everybody wants a friend ship like that mm-hmm. uh, it's so beautiful i agree yeah no ninnies no insufferable arrogant rakes well god should i say it am i gonna explode uh the am i gonna explode the facebook group am i gonna explode the instagram because they do mention saint vincent for one second but yeah he's kind of a rake he is girly girls romance herons who love fashion and maybe just a little high maintenance I don't think, as much as Annabelle's a brat, I don't think she's high maintenance because she had to lower herself to the point where she couldn't be high maintenance anymore. Mm-hmm. She wanted fine things, but she was um, almost refused those dresses from Lillian, and I don't think she's high maintenance. I don't. Well, I do. Like she has such a long way to go. But is it? I, I don't remember if it's in this book or the next book where somebody says like. Marcus and Simon are talking and Marcus is like, well, why don't you just have a mistress? It'll be cheaper. And he's like, listen, nobody's cheaper than my wife. She's very expensive. Yeah. Or, no, or, or he was, oh, he was like, what? Okay, wait. Yeah. So Marcus and Simon are talking and Marcus is like, well, wives are so much more cheaper than mistresses. So I guess I should eventually get married. And then Simon's like, no mistress could be cheaper than my wife. Like she <laughs> is so expensive. Well, once, once she realized that, he had so much money and got used to it again. She really indulged. Yeah. But high maintenance, I think is more never happy and it's yeah. so much energy to make her happy. And I think she, I don't know if that she falls into that category for me. No, cause Annabelle was happy. And also I think like her being disappointed about not being invited to things. That's not something she ever said to Simon. I think that's just something she felt, but she would never be like, I wish you remember the peerage. Like she, I mean, she does say that like earlier when they're fighting, but not mm-hmm. once they get married. Yeah. Those are all the lists. Deserves to be on every single list. <laughs> not every list. Because um, obviously it wouldn't be paranormal urban fantasy. <laughs> what are your tropes? Okay. 
So, virgin heroin, mm-hmm. bratty heroin, <laughs> strong heroin, mm-hmm. scheming heroin. <laughs> this adjective heroin. <laughs> yeah. Alpha hero, industrial hero, working class, butcher father. <laughs> Close and not in the patricide. Not it's not another patricide no. uh, book that we've read, but uh, Simon's father was a butcher. Close friends, the canoodling behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Canoodling behind a curtain. Yeah. One sided. I hate you. I love you. Foot fetish. I still think he has a foot fetish. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stake that. And finger loving. Mm. Just some real slow, sensual finger loving. <laughs> what, Aaron? What were your tropes? My tropes: Regency hero, not a duke, earl, or member of the peerage. Self-made hero, wallflower heroine, house party. I've loved you so long. Flirting through chess. Mm. <laughs> One of my new favorites. Hero saves heroine, um, and then heroine saves hero. Heroin in sickbed, uh, fire, and then confession of love after tragedy. That's a great trope. Yeah. What mm. a good book. What a good book. I mean, if you're not reading along, you still have time and read yeah. along with us. Uh-huh. They are fantastic. We read two in one week, which was tough, but I enjoyed myself the whole time. My only regret was that I didn't get to savor them as much as I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. But they were a pure joy to read. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what has you swooning this week? I mean, well, you spent a lot of time reading. I, I, did, uh, I did a lot of consuming media uh, this week for various podcasts and things. So I did get a chance, however, to watch something on Netflix that I really loved. And it's probably not in uh the same vein as this podcast so uh this is more of like m- my weird sense of humor but there was uh, a show that came on netflix past this past week it's a sketch show <laughs> by a guy named tim robinson and it's called i think you should leave <laughs> it's about six or seven episodes they're 17 or so minutes long so they're a, a shorter netflix is starting to do these shorter shows the humor is juvenile and infantile and crazy, but it focuses on little indiscretions people make in public that then spiral out into these huge, uh, crazy things that happen. And then there's just some random craziness. But Tim Robinson is like a genius. And it's one of my, it's one of the, I've laughed, I laugh so hard at this mm. and it's great to just watch somebody doing sketch comedy nowadays that isn't, um, the online stuff that's just, that's just like referencing other things mm-hmm. and pop culture and stuff. Um, this is just pure sketch writing at its highest, uh, level. And I would say I would recommend that if you like juvenile crazy comedy if not i would definitely say skip it but if that sounds like something you'd want to try uh i think you should leave uh on netflix awesome aaron (laughs) what has you swooning this week um so this was a hard one because this week i read the two books 
My mother had eye surgery and had a face down for five days. So I was visiting or helping her with that, which was <laughs> tough. And, um, but something that we did do this weekend was spring cleaning where we had, like, I think at every house in the world, everyone has that one drawer that is just full of junk. And then we had our hall closet that was just full of Lord knows what. Because Pat lived there with somebody else before I came along. And so it's like. What? <laughs> no, In sin? No. No, it wasn't a romantic partner. Of course. But. Um, and so there was just this closet. It had been stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. And so we pulled everything out and redid it. And now I just like. Now every time I walk by it, I feel so good. So I'd say spring cleaning. It's the time to do it. Just. Pick a little place in your house every day and do it, and you feel so much lighter. And it's so nice to just have not as much shit. You offered me, or Pat offered me, a pea coat. He did, and you said, no. No, thank you. <laughs> Too scratchy. <laughs> it scratches my neck. Yeah. We threw out a lot of stuff. It was nice. It was a nice offer. Thank you for the offer. Yeah. Well, we're trying to keep you clothed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can they contact you? <laughs> you want to hear from me? You can email us at lordingthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. I am on Twitter at lordingtropes. You do do Instagram, so we're both on Instagram at lordingthetropes. Um, and then we have our new Facebook group, Learning the Tropes Troop. So you just search in Facebook for Learning the Tropes Troop and it'll pop up and request to join and we'll let you in. We let everybody in and um, then post. It's been really fun so far. Um, and then tune in next week when we will be talking about It Happened One Autumn by Lisa Claybass, Marcus and Lillian. We're excited. Clayton is very excited. He showed up today and he just wanted to talk about what happened with Otto. So this is going to be a fire episode. Very excited. All right, guys. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.